0: Um, Hey, um, let's um, find eagerly, let's eagerly turn to a Bible and find Proverbs chapter 8. Eagerly find a Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 8. And the reason that we're eagerly trying to find a Bible is because we're eagerly trying to find wisdom. Amen? Wisdom is found in the Word of God. Wisdom, true wisdom, wisdom. Only comes from God. That is what we're learning within this series. So in Proverbs chapter eight is where we camp out again today together, and I'm excited. I pray you'll be excited as well as we always are together in God's Word. And I want to remind you that the point of this series is to utterly convince you as to the purpose, the value. And the essential nature of wisdom within our lives. Okay, so, so my prayer is that in this series already we are growing in our conviction of wisdom. But here's the thing. Um, I still believe we need to pick up some stragglers along the way. Okay, I'm not sure everyone yet is convinced as to the purpose and the worth and the essential nature of wisdom within your life. I mean, here's one of the bottom lines for this series. Ready? Ready? Without wisdom you're dead. Without wisdom, I'm dead. So so the wisdom bus, like, get ready, get ready. The wisdom bus is on the move, okay? It's moving, and don't miss it. Don't miss the wisdom bus. Make sure you get on, like it's driving right through our church and right down every aisle. Make sure you get on the bus. If you got to run as fast as you can and flag down the driver, do that. I think he'll stop, all right? I'm pretty sure he'll stop. But get on the bus, because as you get on the bus, you start to see the blessing of wisdom happen in your life. If you don't get on wisdom bus, you miss out, so don't miss out. Don't miss out. But God's giving you another opportunity today for the bus to stay nice and still and open the doors wide and say, come on, come on. Everyone who wants to come in and find blessing in His ways and in His will, by His wisdom, that opportunity again is here today. So, so, the worth of wisdom. If it has not yet been captured in your mind and heart, we're going for another kick at the can today, another lap around the track. And why? And why? Well, really the reason we go for another lap around the track as to the worth of the purpose of wisdom is because of this. Because God keeps circling around again and saying basically the same thing again as to how valuable wisdom is, that wisdom is everything. Now, to be honest... This week I was planning on moving to specific topics as they relate to wisdom. And that should start next week. Again, Lord willing. But I really believe the Lord pulled me back from the specific topics to land in Proverbs chapter 8. For this reason, before we get too far down the road of wisdom, we have to make sure we've answered the call of wisdom. Because if you answer the call of wisdom, then you're in hot pursuit of wisdom. If you you answer the call to wisdom, then you're pursuing wisdom. Wisdom, and that's our sermon title. Then for this weekend, is it's the pursuit, it's the pursuit of wisdom. When you know wisdom's calling and you answer, then you go all in. You are pursuing wisdom because you recognize wisdom again is everything. Remember this too. I mean, this is important. Proverbs has nine chapters of introduction as it pertains to wisdom. Nine chapters before it gets into the specific kind of verse by verse and different topics of there. Nine chapters of really setting the stage as to why wisdom is so valuable and worth so much and all the reasons why we should pursue it. If God places nine chapters on the same topic in his word, he's trying to get a message across. And so that's what we're trying to do again. Again. We're not moving on from this yet. We have to understand, again, how valuable and how important this call is. So think about it. God goes out of his way to convince us. Why? He needs to convince us before he changes us. We must be convinced before we're changed. Unless we're convinced by truth, we won't be changed by truth. We have to believe in what God is saying to us. And a huge part of us being convinced of wisdom is to receive the call of wisdom so that we can pursue wisdom. And so that's what's happening within this series. Wisdom is calling. It's calling. It's calling us. And of course, then, the wise will answer. The wise will be the ones who answer the call of wisdom. And this is what we see today in Proverbs 8. i got to pray. i got to pray. Father, would you impart to us and may the call of wisdom be so loud and clear. I pray that specific individuals hearing this message right now would hear your voice specific to their soul, to their heart, and their name. And they might see, may it be for the first time ever, the value, the blessing, the truth of wisdom, and may you cause them to make it so much sense within their minds, again, changing their lives. Lord, would you do that in us? And would you do that in this church? I believe what you say, God, as much as anything, of course, in this life. And you have a word again for us from your word today. May it be so rich. May it be so powerful. And may it be received with great joy, Lord. Would you encourage the discouraged? Would you strengthen the weak, Lord? Would you pick up those who feel faint? Would you please, God, in part Wisdom to those who have been resting in foolishness. Destroy foolishness, O Lord, today, I pray. And give us wisdom that we might be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, amen. The wise will answer the call to wisdom. This leads us to our first point from Proverbs 8, which is this. Listen up, because wisdom's calling. Loved ones, listen up. Wisdom is calling. Check out Proverbs 8, verse 1. Proverbs 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Yes, it does. Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she stands. She takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. Let's just stop there for a second. Actually, one more verse. O simple ones, learn prudence. Prudence, O fools, learn sense. Now, you don't need to be a Bible scholar as you read particularly verses 1 through 4 to understand the thrust of these verses. I mean, you look at verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights, at the crossroads, at the gates, at the entrance to the portals, which is really the town? She cries aloud, okay? You don't need a Bible scholar to figure this out, ready? Uh, The phone's for you. It's wisdom, Okay? The phone's for you, loved ones. Wisdom's calling, and it's for you. And the question is uh, Will we answer? Wisdom's got a word, wisdom's got a voice. Wisdom, listen, does not want to be ignored. Notice in verses 1 to 3 what wisdom does. Wisdom calls, wisdom raises her voice, wisdom stands on the heights. Wisdom is at the crossroads. Wisdom stands at the gates in the front of the town. Wisdom cries aloud at at the entrance. I mean, God's word is trying to send a message here. I mean, wisdom is trying to get her point across, which again is in verse 4. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. Now, notice here wisdom's call. Uh, She's not partial to any particular person. Race doesn't matter here. Income doesn't matter. Education doesn't matter here. What matters to wisdom is the person who's willing to listen. Wisdom is for the person who's willing to heed, to hear the call that she is making. And this is what amazes me. Right now in this room and as this message is being proclaimed from Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is in every aisle and speaking down every row calling your name. I mean, I mean, she is. She is right now. I mean, through God's word, every aisle and every row. When you leave tonight, whatever exit you take, wisdom's going to be at the door, going, hey, "Hey, I'm calling you." And as you go out the doors from the church, wisdom will be there, saying, "Listen, I want you to listen to me." As you walk to your car, she'll be on the roof of the church, saying, "Hey, did you did you hear what I said?" And as you drive your car, she'll be on the on the on the hood of your car, trying to get your to, don't don't crash and stuff. But she'll be on the hood of your car, saying, "Listen, listen, I have." So something to say to you? Are you willing to listen? Some of you are like, man, wisdom, she's like, she's like stalking me. Yeah, but listen, listen, purest stalker ever, okay? Purest stalker ever. And I hope wisdom is stalking you. I really, really do. I hope you just can't get rid of her because she wants to bless you. That's, that's her design. That's her whole goal is to bring blessing for the glory of God in the life that listens to her message. Wisdom is calling, but notice specifically why wisdom is calling. Verse 5. Well, simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Now, this is stop there for a second. Love ones, hear the call of wisdom and be wise to her promises. So just look at God's word here. Wisdom wants to grant, grant prudence to the simple, and wisdom gives sense to fools. Now, I love the paraphrase at times. In the message, Eugene Peterson's The Message, it's a paraphrase, not a translation. It's a paraphrase, but this is how the message paraphrases verse 5. I quote verse 5. Listen, you idiots. Learn good sense. You blockheads. Shape up. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. No, it really is, because that's what's happening in this text, right? It's a paraphrase, but listen, listen you idiots, right? Because if you're not wise, you're a... Fool, yes, yes, and here if you're a fool, you are an idiot. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all right? Don't get mad at me, all right? This is what I just quoted you from the message, okay? All right? But even here within our text, oh, simple ones, learn prudence, oh, fools, learn sense. That's what wisdom's trying to do. Wisdom's got some attitude. Wisdom's on on a mission. Wisdom's not wasting time. You say, preach it, wisdom. Listen, wisdom wants to knock the foolishness right out of you. And notice now what happens in verse 6. Hear, for I will speak noble things. From my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who... Who find knowledge. Now allow me to summarize what wisdom is saying here. Wisdom speaks noble things, right things, truth, righteous words, no evil, nothing crooked, nothing twisted. All her words are straight. All her words are right. And to those who understand with wisdom and knowledge, they will get this. That's amazing. Everything wisdom says is truth, is right, is straight. Is for our best possible good. Now let me ask you. Where else can you get that kind of promise in this world? That the advice that you are receiving is 100% true, righteous, and for your best interest, 100% all the time. Where else can you find that kind of promise? The answer is nowhere other than God and his word and the wisdom that he offers to us. You're not getting this from some TV show. You're not getting that promise from the newspaper. You're not getting that promise from some lame horoscope. You're not getting that promise from Google. The only way Google can give it to you is if Google then refers you to the Word of God. It's the only way that's happening. Otherwise, you're not getting that kind of guarantee when it comes to the wisdom that is true, righteous, not crooked, totally straight, really perfect. This is the wisdom that only comes from God's Word and is offered to us even now through His truth. So that being true... This advice is absolutely foolproof and rock solid. No wonder then, verse 10, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. See, when we get what wisdom is, we're like, duh, yeah, that's right. Wisdom is better than silver, is better than gold, is more precious than jewels. And as we learned in week one, nothing we desire can compare with the fruit and the blessing of wisdom. See how much God's trying to get something through to us? I mean, the wisdom bus has now stopped and the door is open. Come on in. Come on in. Don't let it go by you. Please, please, don't let it go by you. Because the wisdom and the blessing that wisdom wants to give But again, again, right here, loved ones, here's the fork in the road again. Here's the fork in the road. Do you believe what God says about wisdom, what wisdom says about wisdom? Do you believe it? And then furthermore, will we do something about it? Will we then pursue wisdom based on what wisdom says that she is and what God obviously stands behind as well? Will we now pursue wisdom because wisdom is calling our names? And this is a super leading to point number two. In the pursuit of wisdom, it's this, Ready? When you love wisdom, you will be loved back. Love wisdom, and you will be loved back. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find knowledge and discretion. Here's a verse we did last week. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil. Perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule And nobles and all who govern justly. Notice this, verse 17. Here's our verse really for this point. I love those who love me. Wisdom says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Love wisdom, you'll be loved back. Verse 18, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit's better than gold. There is again, even fine gold. My yield better than choice silver. Is God trying to send a message about silver and gold, wisdom being better? Ah, uh, yes, ah, uh, yes. Uh, verse 20, I walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of justice. Notice this, verse 21. Granting an inheritance to those who, tell me, love me. I grant an inheritance to those who, who love me and filling their treasuries. The promise in this text is this. When I love wisdom, I get loved back. But you always have to remember the, the opposite side of this truth. When I don't love wisdom, wisdom isn't loving me so much. I love those who love me. Wisdom loves those who love her. Wisdom will be found by those who diligently seek her. So, so as your pastor, as your pastor, this is my heart for you. This verse really sums it up, verse 17. I so want you to love wisdom. Why? I, so, I hope you can tell that. I mean, I so want you to love wisdom. Why? Because I want wisdom to love you. Because when wisdom loves you, you get blessed. And your life goes according to what God wants. Not easier better. It's not free of trials, but you have God leading you in the trials. It doesn't mean everything's going to go the way we think it should go, but it's going to go the way that we believe God has led us and for it to be. That's what wisdom understands. Wisdom listens to God. So I want you to love wisdom so much. I want to love wisdom because I want wisdom to love you. Because when wisdom loves you, listen, wisdom changes you. When wisdom loves you, wisdom changes you. There's no denying that in the context of chapter 8 and the rest of Proverbs with how wisdom loves us. How does wisdom love us? She rewards us with riches, honor, wealth, prosperity, righteousness, and justice. Look at verse 18. It's proof right there in verse 18. I love those who love me you know, those verse 18 riches and honor are with me enduring wealth and righteousness my fruit is better than gold even fine gold I think and there's so many verses in proverbs that are speaking to wisdom bringing honor wisdom bringing riches wisdom bringing righteousness wisdom bringing forms of prosperity what does that mean I think I think the bottom line here is this is that when God is your financial advisor and God is your relational counselor and God is your property manager, and God is your long-term planner, and God is your ultimate decision maker, I like your chances. I like your chances. I just like the way your life's gonna go. Again, not easier, just better. But it's gonna go in the direction that God wants it to go because he's the one in charge. That's what God's wisdom does. Wisdom invites God's, God's wisdom to be the very center of our lives. And that's where our lives become very powerful and very blessed. Because God will always operate in our best interest. And that's where riches, honor, and prosperity, and righteousness, and justice come from. They come from the Lord. Now what's so key here though, and this truth is what exposes our pride and foolishness. And this is what often we do within our lives. It's when we say to God's wisdom. And this is what, just just stop long enough and look at your life and see if you can see where these things happen. I hope all of us do it, so I hope, hope we can admit that is when we look at our lives and we know what God's wisdom is and we say to God, either directly or indirectly, or at least with our lives, God, I like this part of your wisdom, but this part, what you want for me, I don't really care for, so I'm going to go with this, but this other side of what you want for my life, I'm going to leave out and therefore I'm deciding the parts I like and the parts I don't like when it comes to your word and the wisdom that you want to entrust to me. That's where our foolishness starts to invade and erase the power of God's wisdom within our lives. Say, can I have some examples? Yeah, let's try some. Um, It's like people who listen to God about how other people need to repent to them, but when it comes for their turn to repent, they don't listen to him. It's the people who see the speck in another person's eye, but they fail to see the log that is protruding from their own. Right? So, so you need to confess to me, but I'm not going to do that because I don't care what God says about forgiving people because I'm just not going to do it. So right, see, right there, foolishness has canceled out wisdom. And that's where we're saying, I like what you say here, but God, I don't like you, what you say over there. How about people who honor God with their lips, but won't honor God with their wallets? Now just think about that for a second. I like what God says about this, but when it comes to giving generously to what God says in his word to his church or the kingdom, then that's not... See, what happens, right, there's double-mindedness. So I take God here, I don't take God there. That's, that's just foolishness. That's foolishness. And the foolishness cancels out the wisdom and the blessing. How about people who um, want the blessings of salvation, but they don't care for the commands of sanctification, growing like Christ? So I want the fire insurance, but the rest of my life I'm just going to sit back and cruise because I really don't have an affection for the Lord. So right there, the foolishness starts to cancel the wisdom and they start to forfeit blessing. People who stand for God when it's acceptable, but cave in when culture rises up and all of a sudden it's not popular to do so. That's a form of foolishness because it's a removal from the wisdom of God. That's not loving wisdom. How about people who find it very easy to blame others, but never find the opportunity to blame themselves? Never take account for what's happening right here. See, so you like what God says on one side, but not in the other. The whole thing is wisdom says what God says is right. Everything wisdom says is true, righteous, will bring justice, and ultimately will bring blessing upon my life. When we selectively choose God's wisdom, listen, listen, when we selectively choose God's wisdom, we forfeit overall blessing. Okay, let's get super practical, super practical. God's word is clear that we are to give generously to his kingdom, give generously to his church. So if right now, you are not giving generously to God's kingdom and God's church, I promise you this, you are forfeiting blessing on some level. I promise you that. Why? Because God's wisdom says, give generously to his kingdom. So when we don't do that, we forfeit blessing of some kind. Now, say, why do you bring up that example? Well, because Finances are often the greatest temptation of our hearts. This is why in Proverbs there are almost 70 verses dealing with wealth or money or income of that nature. Seventy, seven, zero verses in Proverbs dealing with this subject on some level. This is why Jesus speaks on money more than heaven and hell combined within the Gospels. That's amazing. Why? Because here's the bottom line: where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's wisdom. Wisdom understands that where my treasure is my heart is want to find my heart find my treasure if i treasure earthly riches my heart is in earthly riches i forfeit blessing see wisdom just just, can just it just it simplifies things it doesn't rationalize it doesn't make excuses not to Whoa, this blah, blah, blah. it's just saying are you doing it or not doing it Do you believe God or not believe God? Do you want wisdom? Do you want blessing? There is a reality in this too and we'll have a message within this series almost for sure strictly on wisdom regarding money because it's it's, it's so massive in our day and in our lives and it's such a battle for the heart and what does wisdom say about that? Almost for sure we will have that within this series. The whole point is this though. When you love wisdom, wisdom loves you back. When you love wisdom in whatever area it is, then wisdom loves you back, and then you find blessing. But see, it's our decision. It's our decision now to choose, pursue, and go after to love wisdom. Verse 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Love ones love wisdom. Seek wisdom. And look what happens. You find honor in verse 18, fruit in verse 19. You find her paths in verse 20, and you find her inheritance in verse 21. There's a lot of incentive to go for wisdom. The more you love his wisdom, the more God's wisdom, listen, loves you. I so want wisdom to love you so we can be blessed by wisdom and the ways of God. This takes us now to point number three. We gotta pursue wisdom. Number three is this, respect wisdom because she's seen it all. Respect wisdom because... She's seen it all. Some of you have questions. Let's try to get those answered. Now with verse 22 comes a very intriguing turn in Scripture. Really, to me, it's quite fascinating. Wisdom now begins to explain wisdom's role, ready, in creation itself. God's Word is so awesome. I mean, I just wasn't expecting this. And this is just what happens in Proverbs. Look at, look at Proverbs 8, verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work. Amazing. When he drew a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to his sea its limit, so the waters may not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. Something else, huh? What does that all mean? Well, let's try to figure it out. Now, these verses are not without a sense of mystery, and they do come with some good questions, but I want to point out here four things that I want you to know about wisdom and creation as it turns out in Proverbs chapter 8. That's why I love going verse by verse with the Word of God, because you come to places you never come otherwise. And here we are again, and it's brilliant. I learned a lot this week. I pray you will learn a lot this week as well. Four things that I want you to know about wisdom as it relates to creation. Number one, wisdom was God's first act of creation. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me. Notice the footnote. My Bible has a footnote. It says, fathered. The Lord brought me forth, possessed me, fathered me at the beginning of his work. The first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. That's amazing. In some sense, wisdom was God's first act of creation. Secondly, wisdom was present at creation. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. It says there in verse 27. When he established the heavens, I was there. Awesome. Wisdom was God's first act of creation. Wisdom was present at creation. Thirdly, wisdom participated in the project of creation. Look at verse 30. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. Now, that phrase master workman or Craftsman, in some translations, a little bit tricky. But it's like an artisan. It's like somehow, in some way, wisdom participated, again, with God in the project of creation. And then fourthly, we see this. Wisdom rejoiced and delighted in creation. So look at the second half of verse 30. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him, Always, the words there, um, delight and rejoicing, it's like um, the meaning behind that, it's like a child at play. You know when a a child's full of glee and, do it again, daddy, do it again and do it again. You know when children do that? Yes? Good, 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 good. Well, that's kind of what's happening here. Wisdom's so enthralled with the work of creation and she's so amazed with it and she's just like, do it again. And she's just abounding with a childlike glee as she sees the hand of God. Acting is in the way only God can act. It's amazing. Wisdom and creation and delighting in God. Now, here's the application I want you to see to all of this. This is super encouraging to us. If you want to know how the world operates and how to act within this world or figure it out, ready? If you want to figure out this world and how to act within this world, wisdom is your person. Wisdom is your person. Honestly, because wisdom has got it all figured out. Why? Because wisdom was there at the beginning. At the beginning. Pretty good resume, isn't it? What's your resume like? Well, I have three degrees, and I've worked at all these places. I have 25 years of amazing. Well, 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 wisdom was there in the beginning. Okay? That's pretty good. Okay? She was there when it all happened. Before you were born, and I was born, and the heavens were put in place. Wisdom was there. That's better than your resume. Way better. I'd listened to wisdom coming from God. And that's what we're learning here right now. If you want to know how to navigate through the valleys and the trials and the triumphs of life, wisdom is your go-to. Loved ones, this is why you have to respect wisdom. Because wisdom is seen at all. That's why it's in here right now. And proving wisdom is just like, listen, I'm calling you, man. I'm calling you. The bus has stopped. The doors are open. Are you going to get on? Are you going to get on? Are you going to get on because I've seen it all? Like, I know what I'm talking about. you got to listen to me. you got to listen to me. I was there with the Lord. When the earth began, amazing. Now, one of the great questions that arises from Proverbs 8 is, is kind of this. Who exactly is woman wisdom? We covered that a little bit in the, first, in the first message. But this is a great question. Now, remember this. As we try to answer this question, is, 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 this, is, this, is this person of wisdom? Is it, is it pointing to anyone else within Scripture or anything we need to know about this? Just remember that the, the, the genre of Proverbs is speaking in poetry and metaphor. Remember too, our context in the first nine chapters especially is a father speaking to a son. So we understood then that the imagery of uh, wisdom being a woman makes sense as the father is speaking to the son. In the same way, son, you would love your wife, you need to love wisdom um, as well. But there's more to this. There is a connection with wisdom in Proverbs 8 and with our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, Now Jesus is described all over the New Testament as someone obviously being filled with wisdom. But more than that... In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul said uh, Jesus was someone that God made our wisdom. Jesus was he who God made our wisdom. So Jesus is called wisdom itself in 1 Corinthians 1. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul says, In Christ all um, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom are found in Christ. In Matthew chapter 11, when Jesus is confronting his opponents regarding his behavior, he says wisdom is justified by her actions. Now surely that in some ways is a reference to woman wisdom found within Proverbs. It's also hard not to draw some parallels between Proverbs 8 and Colossians 1 where it says Jesus being the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created through him and for him. And lastly, in John 1, it describes Jesus as being the word of God. In the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And explains again how creation happened through him and again for him. Which I believe there is a subtle parallel to Proverbs 8, which again is really amazing when you think of it in that way. But, but, But listen, listen, listen. And don't misunderstand me here. Here's where you must listen carefully. Woman wisdom is a personification of God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Jesus is the New Testament embodiment of God's wisdom. Jesus is the embodiment of God's wisdom in the flesh in the New Testament. So proper biblical treatment does not force the the personification of wisdom in Proverbs 8 upon Jesus being the embodiment of wisdom within the New Testament. Here's what I'm trying to say. Proverbs 8 is not a prophecy of Jesus. It is not a prophecy of of Jesus. See, that's where false teaching begins. In fact, Arius, the false teacher who tried to say or prove that Jesus was a great being, but he was a created being, used Proverbs 8 to say, well, it's talking about Jesus. See, wisdom was created in the beginning, so Jesus was very something very amazing and special, but he was created ultimately, which we know that is absolutely not true. Jesus has always existed, he's eternally begotten of the, Son, of the Father. But see, false teaching takes something and, and, and enforces Proverbs 8 into the life of Jesus. And that's not what we're trying to do. But we want to appreciate Proverbs 8 with the life of Jesus. Proverbs 8 is poetry and metaphor regarding the wisdom of God. That's the intent of Proverbs 8. That's the purpose of Proverbs 8. Poetry and metaphor. It's so wrong to press the language into something that it, it, it isn't. What we are able to do, though, is to appreciate the parallels of woman wisdom in Proverbs 8, and of course Jesus Christ being our wisdom in the New Testament as we know him to be within our lives as well. Because Jesus Christ is the beginning of our wisdom because the gospel is the beginning of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is our wisdom. So this is where we appreciate Proverbs 8 so much. But we know they're two different things, but we understand that when we receive Jesus Christ in the gospel, we receive wisdom. Remember, loved ones, the greatest point of wisdom ever is understanding the path to eternal life. And the only way to understand the path to eternal life is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ says, I am dead, I am blind, I cannot live, I am going to hell apart from Jesus Christ. But because Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, and died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead to defeat death. Jesus Christ has paid for my sin and now he offers me the gift of eternal life. The person with the greatest wisdom in the world is the person who sees by faith the grace that is given to them through Jesus, not by works, not by being a good person, not by going to church, not by earning it, but sees the gift of grace and receives the gift of salvation and now has eternal life because they have placed their sins upon Jesus, praise the Lord, and his righteousness is now on them and now they will never die. That is the greatest piece of wisdom anyone could ever, ever have. That's why you can take the simplest person on this earth and compare it to Albert Einstein and this simplest person is more wise because they have received by faith and grace in Jesus Christ eternal life as opposed to the smartest person who ever lived that doesn't. That's true wisdom. And that's why the gospel is the starting point of wisdom and this is why when you pursue Jesus, you pursue wisdom. The closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to wisdom. And that's what's so great, and that's what's so beautiful. And that's what we're exhorted to, of course, within this series. Wisdom ultimately found in Jesus Christ. But woman wisdom is a personification of God's wisdom. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Now, I didn't have to go through that this week, but I wanted to show you, and I pray it was helpful to you as well, just to see what's happening within the text. And hopefully I didn't make you more confused but hopefully, again, you are encouraged in the Word of God. But here's the overall point within this text. Ready? Wisdom's seen it all. Respect her. She knows what she's talking about. She's got a killer resume, and she'll never let you down. All right? That's the overall point with wisdom. Nothing else can boast of that. And this takes us to our last point, which is this. We're pursuing wisdom. And notice this. Find wisdom and find favor. If you haven't had enough incentive already as to how awesome wisdom is within our lives... Here's another one. When you find wisdom, you find God's favor. Look at verse 32. And now, sons, she's kind of wrapping up her little speech in Proverbs 8 here now. And now, old sons, listen to me. I'm not surprised she said that. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear, hear, hear instruction and be wise. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me. We talk about repeating yourself, huh? But it's good stuff. Blessed is the one who listens to me. Listen, listen. Watch this. Watching daily at my gates. I love that. Watching beside my doors. Notice how this chapter began. Notice how it now ends. Verse 32. Listen to me. I want to bless you. That's how I feel in this series, man. Listen to God. He wants to bless you. Stop being an idiot. Not my words. Message. Remember? 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 All right. Verse 33, hear me. Please hear me. I want to educate you. Look at wisdom. She's just, she's just you know, pining out for your attention. Why? Well, I, just, I just want to teach you. I just want to teach you. It's like a parent so exasperated with their child. I just want to help you. Let me help you. Listen to me. That's what she's saying here. Verse 34, wisdom says, have I mentioned I want to bless you? Have I mentioned yet I want to bless you? Notice, watch at my gates, watch at my doors. Now the phrase that's most important in verse 34 is watching Daily. Daily. I can't stress this enough, loved ones. The pursuit of wisdom is not a one-week thing or a once-a-month thing or a once a eight. Wisdom, every day, every day, every day. You gotta, see, I love the imagery. I just love it so much. Watching daily at the gates. Watching, looking for wisdom. Every morning you get up, you're looking for You're searching in the word. I hope you're reading Proverbs, the chapter of each day of the month. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're doing that. It's been a fantastic exercise again for me. Watching, 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 watching. Remember, and the father speaking to the son. The same way, son, that you want to find and watch for a wife one day. Watch for wisdom in your life. Reminds me when I was dating my wife, Jill. And she had gone away for, you know, in the early early stages of our dating relationship. And it was getting pretty serious pretty quick, you know. So when you see something, you know you want to go get it. Go get it, right? So that was what I was doing. And she was away for a bit and she was coming home and she was gonna drive over to, my house that day. It my parents' house, I guess, back then. But I was at my parents. I remember I, I was just like, I was kind of at the front door. And I was just pacing, man. I was just like, I was like, is she here yet? Is she here yet? You know, just, just looking out. I was just so excited. I fired up, fired up to see, to see this girl who I hope will be my wife one day. You know, that kind of thing, you know? And then she shows up and she parks in the driveway and just what happens? You open the door and you run out the door and you're so thrilled and you hug. I missed you, I missed you, I missed you. That is what really is happening here in this sense of watching daily and looking for the wisdom that God wants to provide, but if we don't watch for it, we won't see her. And then we'll miss the bus. And then we'll forfeit blessing. But there's always a chance to come back. And the bus ultimately will always come around again at some point. And if you watch for it, you can get on. And today's another opportunity by the grace of God that He's giving all of us to say, Yeah, yeah, I want this. I want this. Notice the promise it ends with now in verse 35. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Hmm. Okay. So notice here. Find wisdom and I find life and favor from God. Find foolishness and I find injury and I love death. Mm, let, me just, let me just weigh those two options out for a second, all right? So, so wisdom, wisdom, I find life in God's favor. But foolishness, I uh, injure myself and I love death. Mm, let me just see which one do I. But you know what's crazy? You know how often in life we actually choose this? Like whenever we despise God's wisdom, we're choosing injury. And in some cases, loving death. Or the people in this world without Jesus Christ 100% day after day, choosing injury and loving death as opposed to life and God's favor. It it seems ridiculous when we put it in those ways, but I want you to see how ridiculous it is and for me to see how ridiculous it is. So we'd say, why would I ever want death and injury when what's being offered to me is the love of life and the favor of God? I keep telling you, loved ones, wisdom saves us from so much unnecessary pain, heartache, and misery. Verse 35 and verse 36 prove this. It just proves it flat out how much wisdom saves us from. and That's why we must build our lives in the pursuit of wisdom. It's everything. It's everything. Now, just to end the message here today, I want to get super practical again. I did this in week one, and I'm almost saying the same thing, but I'm coming back to it because I'm trying to, to help you. I want you to love wisdom so wisdom can love you. What do I do now? How do I pursue wisdom? I'm going to say it again. i got five A's now on the board. All right, And here's the first A from this message on the board. First A. I have to accept God's wisdom as being God's gold. i got to accept that. Again, you don't get to this stage. You won't find any others. What do, how do I pursue wisdom? you got to see it for what it is. Gold. God's gold. It's God's gold for your life. Accept it. Accept it. Number two. Number two is this, ask for God's wisdom. It's God's promise. He promises to give it. Ask for God's wisdom. I'm I'm praying, this is part of your prayer every day. Every day, every day, every day. Every day, a part of your prayer. Driving to work, in the shower, sitting in your chair, whatever it is, just a simple prayer saying, God, I desire your wisdom and in his word to see. Accept, ask. Number three, do this, pursue wisdom. Access his wisdom, his word. Access it. Again, I said this two weeks ago and that almost the exact same way. I'm saying it again. If you're not accessing God's word, you're not accessing his wisdom. We have have seven reading plans on our website. Again, go through Proverbs. Whatever day of the month, read that chapter. Access his wisdom. You have to do that. Next is this. Apply God's wisdom. This is is God's plan. Apply it. So you access it and then apply it. Seeking to, to have it go through your life and being excited about that as well. Last week we learned that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and just like, you know, like tonight and we were worshiping God through our worship set. And if your heart is real, man, that's applying wisdom. You're fearing the Lord and, and God's thoughts and, and mind comes into yours. And lastly, this, um, associate with wisdom. Hang out with people who are wise. That's a real good tip. Listen, if, if, if all your best friends are people who do not fear the Lord and have habitual sin as a, kind of model of their life, that's not going to go well. Okay, Proverbs has a lot to say about the company that we choose. I'm not saying don't love the people, no one saying that at all. I'm just saying your closest friends should be people who make you better, who help you, who are wise people. Rub shoulders with people who are wise, it tends to help a lot. Ask lots of questions, make sure you're doing it. It's amazing, young people, young people, young people. Listen to me, all right? You can be so foolish with the people you choose to hang out with. We all commit, especially young people though. Your friends, are they building up? Or are they tearing it down? Are they fools? Or are they filled with God's wisdom? How much more do you need to hear, young person, to be convinced that God is right and the world is wrong? But it's amazing how dumb we really are when we refuse to listen. Let me put it in a more positive way. You have the opportunity To be the wisest person among all the people you know as you love Jesus Christ, as you pursue Him, as you let Him love you. And when you love wisdom, young person, older person, whatever it is, wisdom will love you back. And listen, you will be blessed. Love, once the bus has stopped, here's your chance to get on. Here's your chance to get on. Let's pray. Father, you want us to be filled with wisdom. It's very, very clear. And you want to knock foolishness right out from under us and right from us. So maybe right now, we just take a look at our lives right now. Maybe we just do another assessment and where's my heart at? What do I love really? Where do I spend my time? What is my focus on? Where does my energy go? What, what am I really about? Is that, is, is that, a, is that a, a, a movement of wisdom in my life or is it, Am I really filled with foolishness? Like What, what is it that really turns my crank? What, what is it that guides me? Who am I listening to? What am I watching? What kind of books am I reading? Where, where am I getting my influences from? Who do I desire to be like? What, all these questions, Lord, are pointing to the status of our heart and helping us see, am I really pursuing wisdom? Well, I pray we would, as much as ever before. And please, um, child, here today, please... Make sure you, you see this. As, as much as wisdom herself is pretty straight up with her language, um, please please see behind that Jesus Christ with an incredible love-filled invitation. And he, he just wants to bless you, that you might glorify him 100%, but that's where you're most satisfied is when he's most glorified. So see Jesus with his arms open, extended, a, a beautiful smile upon his face. And just inviting you, he's he's my child, come, come and be raised up to the better life, the more full life, the more joyful life, the harder life, the harder life, yes, but the life that's worth the cost, the only life that counts, the life of wisdom. See Jesus inviting you again to where life is truly lived. That's the grace he offers to you and the invitation for you to be filled with wisdom, and ultimately to be filled with him. That, that would be an exciting thing as that happens in our lives. Amen.